0: From the studios of their respective lounge rooms, a team of pajama-clad TV tragics, ready to slice, dice, and dissect the best and worst of what's on the box. It's TV Binge Box.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Joe Casamento, and welcome to TV Binge Box, the podcast where we clap, slap, binge, and rewind our way through the best and the worst of what's on the telly each week. Please say good day to our binge boxes. Stephen Mock. Hello, Joe. Hello, everyone. Hello. And Brookie, Stephen Brook.
2: Hello, Joe. Apparently I'm bringing the gravitas tonight. don't. Uh, Not for a second. According to one Twitter correspondent. Yeah, on the other podcast. You always
1: do. You always bring gravitas. Uh, Now, we're going to sorely miss the delightful member of our team and the man whose shoes I am attempting to fill at the minute, Dan Bennett, But that just means I'm sure he'll have more gems up his sleeve to bring to us next week when he's back in the hosting (laughs) season. Another
3: 70 hours of television watch. Yes,
1: I was going to say. That's 140 and my maths is terrible. Goodness gracious. Uh, Now, coming up in Clap or Slap, we'll be previewing some great shows, Bad Education, Have You Been Paying Attention, Mystery Road and The Voice are just some, to name a few. And Brookie also has some nostalgia lined up for us for this week's rewind. Not sure if we're getting a piano playing. I dare say he's been a busy boy this week, so possibly not.
2: You are not, and you're <laughs> getting an unbrookie type show as well. Oh, so
1: good. We go. Oh, controversial. Ooh. Ooh. But uh, first, we've kept you waiting long enough with this one uh, because of the whole, you know, we got the date wrong kind of thing. So let's kick the show off with our.
0: Group Binge.
1: Now, Malk, we're in stand-up comedy land for our binge this week, and there's been a massive build-up. The mic is all yours. Take it away.
3: Thank you, Joe. Yes, and look, apologies up front, friends. It was my bad calendar work that meant that I thought we were doing Hannah Gadsby last week. Instead, it has arrived, friends, the sequel comedy hour from Hannah Gadsby, who is honestly one of the Aussie comedians now taking on the world after Nanette, her first uh, stand-up hour, gave her a voice and found an opportunity where the whole world stood up and listened. Uh, A phenomenal first run. This second one, Douglas, doubles down realistically. It is uh, more of Hannah's voice. uh, And what is interesting, of course, for those that have seen Nanette the first hour, uh, it was ostensibly her farewell to comedy. This was mm. Hannah saying, hi, everyone. Um, mm. I've had some crap things going in my life, and I'm out of here. Bye. Um, unfortunately, as she jokes about in, in, uh, in Douglas, who would have known that trauma proved to be so popular? Uh, and yet, here we are. Uh, look, Nanette was informed by Great trauma, the Great trauma that shaped Gasby. Douglas mm. is largely a response to that feedback that she received to her first hit, uh, and she dives into her recent autism diagnosis in a very funny way. I will point out, it is the most uncomedy stand up comedy stand up comedy hour that I think we've seen. Uh, in a long time. She Mm. includes um, her love of art history, in which she has uh, an undergrad degree uh, and, of course, has done other TV series uh, around art. And, look, educated this idiot, that's for sure. It's something that I've really appreciated. Um, Look, again, amongst all of it, using the art, talking about her diagnosis and her life, talking about her wonderful dog, Douglas, uh, it highlights her deft touch and her razor-sharp wit, I wanted to throw to you guys, before we go too much deeper into this, Joe. I'll start with you. Did you watch Nanette and did you find is it affecting as seemingly most of the world?
1: Oh, good question, Malk, because I did watch Nanette um, and I did appreciate it very much. I would say enjoy was probably too strong a word mm. uh, because... She did share with us some very, very, very brave and honest admissions. You know, there was childhood abuse, sexual abuse, uh, rape during her 20s, I think, Um, bashing after a show, like horrific stuff. Um, And... It was one – obviously her life was something that I was intensely interested in so I appreciated it on that level Um, and I thought it was so raw and real and the reasons she gave for giving up stand-up comedy um, and about how comedy was in fact humiliating to Mm -hmm. her and she had to put herself down in order to give herself permission to speak and that she was simply not going to do that anymore – And if that means her comedy career is over, so be it, I think were her words. Mm. So it was very interesting to come back with this. Um, I don't know, I'll I'll tell you about how I felt about Douglas after Brookie shares about his Nanette experience. But I did definitely uh, applaud that. I thought it was brave. I thought it was something we'd never seen before. And it was certainly made me think. For a long time afterwards, actually. So it was groundbreaking. I will say that. Nanette was groundbreaking.
3: It's really difficult, Brookie, to focus in on Douglas without acknowledging the role of Nanette in shaping it. I don't think we'd have a Douglas without a Nanette. Um, So that's why I guess I wanted to start there before we get into the the meat of what we actually binged this week. Um, How did you find Nanette, assuming that you watched it?
2: Uh, Well, that is a correct assumption because, well... I think, like most people involved in the media or any aspect of television, it was impossible to Mm. avoid. It was talked about endlessly and endlessly dissected. It was lauded as changing the nature of comedy. It dovetailed perfectly into the mood of the times, which was heavy with the Me Too movement. Mm. It was also quite scathing about the whole structure of stand-up comedy and what it did to those people who tried to make a living performing from it and how it warped the truth in um, manipulated events that were often very personal to the lives of those comedians who did it in search of cheap laughs and a punchline. And it actually used the hour of stand-up, which I think was recorded in Australia, maybe at the Opera House, uh, to exactly demonstrate in a very personal way how that had affected hannah gadsby so then where to go
1: mm.
2: after that mm. douglas really falls i think into the difficult second album category yes whereas mm-hmm. she uh, had such a purpose to nanette and was very clear about what she wanted to achieve and she had a lot of things to say the question now being, does how can Douglas possibly mm. live up to that? What well, did
3: it brookie, wow? Did it measure up for you?
2: No, no, no. it didn't. I I have to apologise uh, firstly to Hannah Gadsby and also to my fellow podders because, and I think this does say more about me than the material. I dozed off halfway through. Oh, dozed
3: Wow. Yeah,
2: and. The reason why I'm bringing that up is obviously that affected my experience of viewing it. And I'm not saying I found it dull or boring or it was a violent reaction or the opposite of violent, a reaction to what I was seeing on the screen. But I do think it did warp my perception of it because I sort of came to uh, in the middle and I found what I thought to be in the middle of a very... Ranty TED Talk, sure. And
1: was that post Ninja Turtles or uh, before I, no, Ninja I Turtles? I saw
2: the Ninja Turtles, <laughs> and I actually I did go back. I went mm. back, and I thought lots of really fun observations about mm. the differences between the United States and Australia, which was clearly her lived experience. Yes. Very unusually, at the start, a kind of signposting, almost like a sort of chapter. Yes. Heading that you might get on a mm. DVD box set. I'm going to do this (laughs) bit, I'm going to do that bit.
1: Very Uh, interesting,
2: that. The bizarre, you know, the stand-up anecdote about being in the dog park with Douglas and encountering the stranger, Mm. which just had me thinking, well, is this the stock standard comedy stand-up manipulation of an incident that might have happened in real life or might not, but was being played for laughs? Yep. So again, had she... Given up, in effect, her battle and had gone back to mining her life for stand-up. Got the art history lecture on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, (laughs) which I thought was a little bit over the top. She is a golfer, yet she attacked golfing. So I found that an interesting kind of dichotomy as well. And this kind of rage against various things, I think everyone gets... Uh, about anti-vaxxers. I found that actually a bit of a cheap target. We know it's wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So there were some jokes there but also a kind of labouring of the point. So, um, uh, yeah, that was my impression Mm. of what I saw.
1: That's actually really fascinating to me, Brookie, that you dozed off because I had an almost opposite experience where – and I think you dozed off in probably the best bit to doze off in if you came to halfway through because – I started watching it as you mentioned. She sets up the what's happening, yes. and to me, that was classic autism. And I work with an autism charity very, very closely, and I, I, I know a lot of their traits. And I felt like that was the classic. And and uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, because clearly, I, I I don't know, and I'm talking out of my butt really. But I felt it was a classic anxiety technique that is. Uh, Often the case with autism whereby it's like if I set this all up for you you can't be disappointed at the end it's sort of an almost yeah. anxiety precursor this is what I'm doing so I'm just telling you now so you know you you don't expect anything more yeah. um, so I understood that and I actually thought that worked as you mentioned that word manipulate Brookie I think she's a master craftsman at comedy in that sense that she knows how to pull the audience um, knows when we're going to laugh when we're not when we are you know all the tension she's very clever at that and she's very smart Mm. clearly and what she told us would happen probably did happen I mean I was waiting to the end for the last joke which she promised and it did land but the first 40 minutes I was actually I wasn't angry I wasn't like I had to turn it off but I just couldn't sit through it it was rather well maybe that's why you dozed off rather boring I just found it a bit not funny I didn't find myself laughing it wasn't too much to you know and I sort of thought god I'm not wasting my time on this I've got other good stuff to watch but then this morning when I went for a walk I thought look I better do my homework and and finish it and I boy was I glad I did because I think the best bits are in the last 20 minutes and Mm. it's when she turns to her personal as you said, Brookie, it's not when she's doing the comedy thing, it's when she turns to her real story. that I found that fascinating, that insight into um, autism as a young school student and how she saw the world and, the and her teacher. The <laughs> penguin <laughs> and the box example, that was brilliant and it really gave me an insight that I think will live with me and help me understand more of my autistic friends, how their minds work, um, how they're just so what you say is, is what you mean, there's no other understanding of that. I think. Um, think Could I just yeah, something sure. you
2: said earlier that really gave me a fresh insight when we're comparing, as is inevitable, Nanette with Douglas, was to do with humility. Mm. Uh, and yes. there was uh, so much in Nanette that focused on that throughout Hannah's life. Uh, it was nowhere to be seen in Douglas. And even the stories where she was talking about her childhood and being autistic and undiagnosed, uh, she was almost defiant, I thought, Mm. in the retelling of that. She had a real strength in how she dealt with the guy in the dog park and her attitudes now Mm. to the teacher who she interacted with completely changed. I guess that's what worldwide success and fame gives you a very different perspective. It's also really changed her comedic approach, I think.
1: Mm, you are spot on. Yeah. You've just nailed it, Brookie. You've, it's come to me what I didn't like in this one that I loved in the first. The first was told from a really empathetic, a, a lovely pace, place. This one was told from a very angry, the, the language, and I'm not a prude, but I don't need to be... The c word yelled at me constantly. It's just, it's just not pleasant. It's not pleasant for anyone, mm. I don't think. And I, I just mean, I found get... it was just too much, and it was I, angry. I, it might have been
2: because I dozed off, but I thought it was turned up unnecessarily to mm. eleven. Who can get that angry about golfers? Not me. <laughs>
1: Uh, what about attention. you, Malk? We haven't actually, uh, I, I haven't, we haven't found out whether you were a fan of hers before and whether you're still a fan, are, uh, yeah, aren't look, a fan. I,
3: I think we're in an, interesting, in an interesting place. I am a long-time fan of comedy full stop, uh, mm-hmm. have consumed as much comedy as I can reasonably get my hands on and have tried uh, intentionally to support Australian comedy live uh, mm-hmm. and certainly recorded wherever I can see it. So, you know, I've seen the Amazon Prime comedy stand-up specials. i watched the Stan ones. I've watched the Stan, you know, live in their own homes thing. Um, uh, you know, I've consumed everybody. When they put their hour up or they get the half hour, I'm there. I'm watching all of that sort of stuff. I love to advocate for it. And I've been lucky enough to see Hannah perform live stand-up long oh, before wow. Nanette was on the, the horizon. Uh, and also get to talk with her sort of incidentally after a show. Um, and... what was she like
1: then that's fascinating
3: incredibly shy and um comedians particularly around you know performing it at night talk about their craft and joke about you know the crap and where the where the punchline is and how the audience are doing and I just love sitting there and hearing them talk about the business the work of comedy Mm. in that regard so it was very interesting and very entertaining and um Hannah was very generous in, in having, you know, a few words with me because she knew me not from a bar of soap. Um, so that was always great. So I come in with, with I guess, a, a familial uh, supportive base into any of this. Also noting stand-up comedy, vastly different beast to drama, you know, or, mm. or you know, even um, scripted comedy that we might watch. You know, this is certainly very written, but it's not that Let's I'll feed you a line, you give me the punchline, everyone laughs kind of vibe. Um, it is, I'm going to deliver this like this and I will play it out and I might deviate from the script and work the crowd or I might just hang into this. And certainly the recorded hours that we get, very rarely do you see them work the crowd unless that's part of the trope that they're trying to reinforce. So I loved Nanette. It absolutely shook my world um, and I was gobsmacked, both at the the pathos and um, the strength that she displayed in recounting those very personal stories Mm. and how she has addressed slash dealt with them. And in part, Nanette was her doing that. And so I saw Hannah come to um, uh, Douglas emboldened. She has a new confidence. She has, uh, uh, you know, a, a... you know, worldwide knowledge of her now that never existed and she never asked for and never thought would happen. Um, and, and I would offer that in, you know, delivering the net. She, I, I read an interview with her where she talked about doing it, you know, almost every night for two years. You know, that's a lot of yourself to lay out on stage every night. Mm. The emotional beats in that are intense. Mm. So the mm. anger that I hear come out in a very comedic way in Douglas absolutely would be in response to all of that stuff that she outlines around trolls and haters and the people that have come at her and said that but Nanette was whatever it was and 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 all of those things as much as it was you know her ferocity in dealing with an unknown male doctor um, that she had to deal with because her normal doctor was away and his views on her, her diagnosis to everything um I look I love 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 loved it um, you loved I will, Douglas. I'll watch it again. I'll watch it again. Oh,
1: you laughed? Lots throughout.
3: of times. I definitely love, because again, talking about that student of comedy stuff, I love the fact that she started in her way describing that this is, as an autistic person, this is how I process stuff. Here's the things that are going to happen tonight. Mm. She gave everything away, except for those great tweaky punchlines. You know, there's a great joke coming for this. There's this thing happening. There's going to be a really funny, um, you know, uh, what's the American? Oh, bloody hell. Sleazebag, yeah, the American Sleazebag
1: comedian. C. C- L. What's his name?
3: Lewis. Lewis C. K. Lewis C. K. Yeah. So
1: yeah, you know, she foretold. Who I had the... to Google afterwards, actually, I am ashamed to admit, and realise what he'd done. So that that joke was brilliant. Once I realised, <laughs> she kind exactly of ended ended on an uh, uh,
2: un... She ended on a very Hannah Gadsby mic drop, which mm-hmm. was that she held out the mic after the Lewis C. K. Joke and then was sort of seemingly to me slightly frozen, and then had to demurely put it place it down on the ground before she walked off. Well, she did her- explain that, yeah. she
1: explained that up front that because she's autistic, she doesn't like loud sounds, so she would, you know, any normal comedian would just drop the mic. In you know, and exit the stage, but she couldn't stand Nan's loud sounds, so she was going to place it delicately.
2: Oh, sorry, was this when I? You must have off? been asleep within you the first five minutes, oh, Brookie. That's what's happened okay. there. You need <laughs> to
3: rewatch this sucker. Oh, uh, no, but, but then how perceptive of me not yes, hearing that, that to yes. work that
2: out. Thank
1: mm, you. There you are. Points I thought to it was
3: me. marvelous the way Points that she to you. intertwined her life into it. That that's what wins for me, and, and it's the storytelling. Um, and I noticed the differential. You know, the story that she told about herself was very different to the story she told about herself in, uh, in Nanette. So I love Douglas. Brookie, your thoughts and a score, you snoozy bag.
2: Yeah, I... Um, again, I'm apologising, A, because of my uh, state of mind during viewing of this, and I'm going to sit on the fence and give it two and a half because I just feel I'm unable to highly recommend it Mm. or not um but i think she is in some of the many interviews that she has given this week to promote the program say that one of its qualities is that it bears up to repeat viewing so Mm. in a couple of months i may well revisit
3: wow joe
1: yeah i think it's one that's going to live with you and for that reason uh i do think the last 20 minutes are better than the first 40 minutes um and worth hanging around for, I also think she'd be great. I mean, if she did want to walk away from comedy, as she said in Nanette, she wanted to. And, and also that wasn't really explained. What was it, the money, the fame that kept her there? That really to me was missing was, was the whole Nanette thing just a fake? Like, mm. you know, she had said so vehemently, I am not doing this anymore. I will not put myself through it anymore. And then two years later, she is. I didn't quite get what had drawn her back in. I mean, obviously, it must be fame, money and and keep working. Yes, that's and we would all understand that, but it wasn't really explained. Um, So I'm going to give it all in all. I'm going to say it's not must see TV, but uh, unless it's your bag. But if it is and and you want to be, you know, challenged and and thought, you know, be left with thoughts long after, I'm going to give it a three and a half, which is solid.
3: Mate, that's representable. That's people go and watch it, is. it right? Um, it is. I will uh, never think of country clubs the same again. Uh, <laughs> I will always remember.
1: <laughs> Spelt very differently that this was, time around, That was around, a good right? joke. I did that like that That was a one. good joke.
3: I will yeah. always remember um, uh, her finding Where's Waldo, Where's Wally in that picture. Um, oh, my
1: God. When and the, the lactating... Oh, yeah, yeah, the the lactating. Virgin Mary, that was hilarious. Um, That was funny.
3: And I'll always remember that the penguin is around the box. Um, This is the 5 of five stars for me. I am so, so deep. Wow. Totally recommend that people check out Douglas from Hannah Gadsby Gadsby with a big asterisk. If you have not seen Nanette,
1: find some
3: time to sit down and watch it first and then don't watch anything else. Let it sit with you. Process it. Think about it, and then come back a couple of days later and watch Douglas. It is so great, an excellent sequel. It's certainly a difficult second album, Brookie. I agree, uh, but I think it landed in exactly the right spot. It is on Netflix right now, as is Nanette, the precursor stand-up hour. Phenomenal work from uh, Tasmanian comic Hannah Gadsby.
1: There you are. Well, more shining a review we haven't had. And you're actually her target, her target, because you're a straight oh, no, be, white yeah. male. I've yeah, got the like you really are, and yeah, she yeah. says that. So. Yeah. <laughs> so for you to be that um, praiseworthy, uh, definitely, everyone else tune in and tell us what you think, and um, just don't golf. That's right. Uh, now it's time for the segment everybody loves:
2: clap or slap.
1: Now, Brookie, you're first up this week. What have you been watching? Well, Joe, I've got a
2: bit of a thing for editors of the magazine variety, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the fashion magazine variety. I was once a lifestyle editor myself. I saw Anna Wintour, the legendary Vogue editor, mm-hmm. interviewed on stage once, and I loved what she had to say about editing, provoking her readers and uh articulating a really clear vision for connecting with readers which let's face it is what the media is all about
3: so you're the one that watches devil wears prada every time it's on television
2: I pretty much do, and I've also got the September issue on DVD, which amazing. is the documentary yes. about never putting seen together. That. Oh, it's amazing! Oh, oh, Joe, do how a can favor. I be
1: not have seen and I that? I often
2: yes. watch them in tandem. The third yes. one in that collection is another documentary called "The Eye Has to Travel," which is about a oh. lady called Diana Vreeland, who was a predecessor of Anna Wintour's editing Vogue in a much earlier era, during the 1960s. She had a long and storied career and was one of the most unconventional figures in public life. She worked at Harper's Mm -hmm. Bazaar uh, decades earlier, and she had a real flair for the outrageous and connecting with the public. She's an interesting character because she sees the world through very different eyes and is a complete showperson and performer. The bare historic truth matters less to her than taking an event or a person and infusing through that the mood of an era. So it's a 90-minute doco. You can find it on YouTube or Google Play or on DVD. The eye has to travel. And I think for everyone who is a student of media and the idea of connecting with an audience or with a public,
1: you'll get Mm -hmm. some
2: real insights in how to do that from one of the top consummate exponents of that. Right. Change of pace was Channel Ten. I caught up with the contemporary sketch comedy, Kinney Tonight, which is put together by Troy Kinney. And I was living overseas, I think, when he had his first um, iteration mm-hmm. of this comedy series, which ended up on one of Seven's digital channels.
3: Yep. Sydney. It was a
2: little bit unexpected. I found it very refreshing. I found it amusing. I loved the light-hearted tone of it. And I thought his decision to play in a space that was not heavily political or campaigning, but really wanted to focus on humanity and uh, all our foibles was a really smart decision. Yeah, I'm keen to see more episodes. I definitely watched the one I caught this week again. So that's Kinney Tonight. That's on 10 and 10 Play. But my main show that I wish to talk about tonight, I first heard about on Facebook from one of my old mates when I was living in London, working at The Guardian, Kate Bevan, who is the most excellent judge of all things. She was all over Facebook, highly recommending a part Spanish, part British thriller called White Lines. So over to Kate, she posted, "Okay, White Lines is absolutely brilliant. It's part Ibiza crime caper, part love story, part murder mystery, and yet it's none of those things. Wow. Brilliant cast, fantastic music, do watch it. Well, Kate, I jumped to it this week, and I've got a bit of a theory now about television, which is that it doesn't take long when you flick a new series on to work out pretty quickly whether it's going to be good or yeah, or bad,
1: or if you want to continue, yeah, hundred yeah. percent.
2: I found on the weekend when <clears> I um, turned on Troy, which I think was on Channel Seven, yes. one of the free to airs, when I was over to <sighs> my mum on Saturday night, and I think it took about two minutes. I turned and said, so "This bad. is going to be rubbish."
3: Had you not seen it before?
2: I have never seen it. And then, of Brokey. course, I do what I always Angelina
1: do. Angelina Jolie? No, no. This is no. Pitt. Oh, no. Brad Pitt. Eric Bana. Brad Pitt a, oh, as a yes. kid. Brian Cox.
2: Eric Bana. Yeah. Uh, with a, anyway, I didn't even get to see their climatic battle because it was going to end at 11.45 at night. And I could stay up and watch all of that. Anyway, it's got a star turn from Peter O'Toole, who was yes. in Lawrence of Arabia. And on IMDb, it said he... He was at the premiere and he lasted five minutes before walking out. Anyway, uh, where are we? Oh, White Lines. White starts hunts. brilliantly. There's a downpour in a Spanish desert and then a little bit of a landslip which reveals a corpse. That turns out to be Axel Collins, the long lost brother of our main character, Zoe, who's played by Laura Haddock. You might remember from the recent BBC drama The Capture. Mm hmm. Alex was a Manchester DJ, he vanished 20 years ago on Ibiza, the legendary hedonistic party island that is taken over by Brits each summer. So we are trying to find out what happened to him, we're quickly into the dance party drug culture, the crime networks facilitating it, and the dance party nostalgia of the early noughties is a huge part of this series, so there's lots of flashbacks and plenty of naughty bangers for you to bop along to. Uh, I found the show instantly engaging. I don't know where it's heading, and it veers pretty sharply between heavy drama and absurdity, much like I imagine a week on Ibiza itself would be (laughs) like. There's a great scene early on where a DJ is hurriedly trying to hide a massive cocaine stash that he gets lumbered with, and he's dragging it across his front lawn and it's spilling out all over the place only to get sniffed up by his pet dog. Oh, cheapest oh. Poor puppy. So if that kind of scenario appeals to you, that I'm giving a hearty mm. clap to White lines you'll find it on Netflix.
1: Oh, Wilson. wow. Well, thank you, Brookie. Lots of good stuff there, and I will have to have a look at that one. Uh, we'll have more of them from the rest of the team plus our Rewind on the other side of this.
3: Ben, Rob Media executive Rob McKnight. Something brand new is coming
2: to your social media feed. Big Brother winner Ben Norris. This is something bold
3: and informative with
2: a side of humour. And journalist David Robbo Robinson. It's truly going to be something different. <laughs>
0: Ben Rob and Robbo Show starts April 20. Go to tvblackbox.com.au slash BR for more information. It's the Ben Rob
1: and Robbo. Ben Rob and Robbo. Ben, Rob and Robbo Show. Yes, the Ben Rob and Robbo Show is beaming into your TV Blackbox social feeds and over at Ticker TV every Monday through to Thursday from 1pm. Make sure you check it out for lots of news and views. And boy, it got heated today. I don't know if you saw it, fellas, but it got really heated today. Sure. And there's lots of fun stuff along the way. Uh, more from us now, though, as we continue to clap or slap and mulk. You're next.
3: Um, look, I, w- I want to give a big slap. This isn't my official one, but a big slap to the Ben Robin Robo Show for cutting me uh, on Monday. Screw oh, you guys. ouch,
1: yes. Just because the Master Chef,
3: MasterChef people are more important, get stuffed. Um, I tuned lo-
1: in just to see you.
3: Love you, Robbo. Um, the, look, for me, it's been a week where I haven't watched enough television for mine. I've been too busy, but I did manage to squeeze uh, these things in that I wanted to note. I went back to Bad Education on Fox Showcase and finished it because I'd stopped. It would have been about 45 minutes in because I had to go. Uh, and look, I actually... This is the I, Hugh Jackman one? Yes, yeah, Hugh Jackman, Alison yes, Janney yep. about the, the New York State, Long Island yeah. um, public school... Uh, embezzlement s- story. Ooh. I have True to say, story, yeah. finished a lot stronger than I expected. Um, I really did enjoy it. Lots of people said it's phenomenal, um, and I think that the ninety minutes that you need to throw in to watch it is a pretty easy ninety minutes to give it. So it's a telemovie. movie. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, filmed, uh, I think, for uh, like as a not as a not as a tele- It was like a, a HBO movie. So ostensibly, it's not bad, but it did sort of do some circuits around Sundance and stuff. Um, So he had a pretty cracking cast in Hugh Jackman and Alison Janney as the big, big names Mm. in it. Um, uh, And Ray Romano as well as the the school um, chairperson, uh, the board, chairman of the board. He was really good. Um, Mm -hmm. I tripped over the fact that Rick and Morty have returned to Netflix. Uh, Season four, they cut halfway through and... I'm going to say up front, I'm not smart enough to understand uh, a lot of what happens in Rick and Morty, but God damn it, I love that show so, so much. So fun. Uh, and they do some crazy, mind-bending, time-breaking meta jokes about even themselves that in the, the four episodes that I watched on, uh, on Monday broke my brain, but so good. Uh, I am enjoying Have You Been Paying Attention? I, I said when, the, when it came back that I was finding it difficult with them remote uh, you and
2: did. You were reasonably, well, you're highly critical for you, Malk, which was mildly critical. In the standard <laughs> I'm a softball, there's
3: no question. Um, but I've, I've warmed up to you it. You feel they've found their social isolation groove. They really have. And just in time for them to stop doing it. Um, they're moving, <laughs> um, but they're not all back in the studio. They're going to be spread around the Channel 10 compound uh, oh, in, next to the Hotel Como. So someone from you know this part of you know, the office and someone in the studio and someone over here and all of those sorts of things. So they will still be on the screens as we see them. But um, unless they're overseas, like, uh, you know, a Melanie Bracewell or whatever, they'll all be in the building, um, ah. which is a smart enough move. And I think that's a great yeah. way to bring it together until they can all sit at that magical mm-hmm. blankety blank style desk together. I forgot that Sunday Past was SBS Viceland's now annual Fifth Element-a-thon. And I didn't realise until the second last showing. This is where they take the movie, The Fifth Element, and show it back to back across the day into the evening. 12 hours of The Fifth Element. What? Yep. It is How can I have not heard of this? Well, this is the second year that they've run it. And I think it's, uh, oh, I can't remember his name, but the gentleman that's responsible for programming SBS Vicelander said he will stop doing it when it stops rating. And this year it rated its pants off again.
2: So great. I'm not surprised. I was with my brother. and We went up to stay with my cousin in Newcastle mm. a year or two ago, and we all sat and watched The Fifth Element. Gee, it was good.
3: It's an amazing film. Chris Tucker, Bruce Willis, um, oh, so Gary Oldman bag. in like the just most bizarre kind of performance as the bad guy Zorg. It's
1: great. Not even Brad could save it for me.
3: Oh. Did you
2: watch the follow-up Mulk? Valerian.
3: Thoroughly disappointed. Just, I oh. wanted to love it so much.
2: I, I loved it quite
3: a bit. I yeah, mean, I you're right, the... difficult second album, it says Yeah, but... I saw the style notes, but I just went, it's not it's not even a patch on it. And it was kind of not even connected. It was kind of in the same universe, but I was hoping for a sequel, and it was really was just a companion story, not even. Um, Correct. So, good, but not great. The show I want to hit, and this was a mm-hmm. difficult one for me, um, is the new uh, Greg Daniels comedy that's airing on Amazon Prime Video, Upload. This is set in the near future where when you're about to die, you can make the choice, if you have the cash, to upload your consciousness into the cloud, ostensibly, into Ooh. these manufactured worlds where you can live on in eternity and interact with the living as a, as a digital version of yourself. Oh, how creepy. It's very, Who's very already weird. done that. But oh, if you can push past the premise, there's some really great jokes, some really interesting look at, you know, the consumeristic nature of society, the fact that even in this digital afterlife, there are haves and have-nots. Um, they talk about in the in the show, the people they call the two gigs. So the people that only have two gigabytes of data per month to live their life. <laughs> and when their time runs out, they go grey and they they freeze in wherever they are until the counter resets at the next month and they have two gigs again. Um, they live a bleak existence compared to everybody else in uh, their digital afterlives. It's, Good it son. becomes this very is a quickly, comedy. Monk. It's a comedy that becomes a murder. <laughs> it's like a nightmare. Right. As to what happened, why did this guy that lives in a, um, a world of self-driving cars have a car accident and die? Um, All signs point to his girlfriend, all signs point to his business partner, best friend. It's actually really interesting and it does not get solved in season one, which is why it breaks my brain. I want to give it a big clap. I felt ripped off when I didn't get any answers. We do get hints, but no solution and no resolution. And I thought a really great cliffhanger ending to the season uh, involving his girlfriend that, look, some people might see coming from the first minute of episode one. Uh, I thought was pretty great, out-of-the-box kind of move. Upload is Sorry? 10 episodes. It's like 28 minutes, uh, except for the first step which is 45. They're fine to watch. It's very easy to consume. I sm- smashed through it. I got so addicted to the, the murder mystery story. The comedy is a bit few and far between. So it's kind of a yeah, clappy slap. It's more of a slap than a clap.
1: Ooh. A clappy slap. It's more that of a slap like a than medical a clap, but I don't S- That sounds it. like an STI. <laughs> <laughs> I'll certainly go back and
3: watch season two when it lands. Um, however, like your views are going to vary. There's no question. I would love to hear from people that watched Upload and loved it to help, me, to explain to me, help me understand what I missed because I've loved all of Greg Daniels' other work. Why did I miss it in this?
1: But it sounds like you will tune in to the next episode. I guarantee. Excellent. I, I reckon you
2: will have more fun hanging out in nineteen in the naughties of Malk. I'm sure yeah. I'm a
1: naughty boy. I love too. how you say I love how What's you say it next? hasn't been a big week. You've barely watched anything and you've you like watched, you know, a season of this and a season of that. You're the best. Uh, for me this week has been uh, what I call huge in T V land. I've had such a good T V week. Good um, I started off after Godfather 1 and 2, which, I mean, makes everything else pale in insignificance. We did, my daughter and I, Godfather 3, which has always been, you know, panned and bagged and I'd forgotten why, but Mm. it is with very good reason. (laughs) And I love Sophia Coppola and her uh, as a director, but honestly, so many wrongs in this. Mm. It's just so add her acting the fact that and and, and there was another layer that I hadn't come across before and we ended up sort of googling it and working out whether this was a normal thing was the incest between Mm -hmm. her character and Andy Garcia who is her first cousin and how it's not really acknowledged as something really weird so then I am Sicilian so I did have to look this up (laughs) and worked out that 50% of marriages in Sicily in the 1800s were first cousins, mm. which is kind of scary, but uh, this That's was 1979. Intense. First cousins—that is your literally your uncle's child. No, that is really wrong on an uh, another level. And this was 1979, America, and it's I couldn't very work why G-pool that was kind is kind of. What it ex- is. <laughs> oh, it's wrong. Uh, anyway, next I did a really great movie, which I'm ashamed to say I've never seen: Saving Private Ryan. Uh, Steven Spielberg first 15 minutes I was thinking oh my god this is just a war flick yeah. and then oh wow that oh, I was, it was just beautiful it really has a stellar cast of young up-and-coming actors that have all since become amazing actors um and it just really had me engaged and wow, so many things, amazing things about that movie. Go back and watch it if you haven't seen it. If you are a Year 10 student and studying World <laughs> War uh, I, it is a great, uh, you know, sorry, World War II, where were we? D-Day landing in Normandy, World War II, Hitler, uh, We. you must do it. It's good homework for you. Then I did a few docos, Natalie Wood, What Remains Behind?, Nothing much revealed. She drowned. You know, there was always question mark over whether the husband, Robert Wagner, did it. doesn't really unveil anything because it's done by her daughter, who is still close to Wagner, even though uh, it's her stepdad, actually. Uh, But a really beautiful portrait of an amazing woman who had she – she was a trailblazer for her time. Trailblazer, sorry, for her time. She really uh, produced and had a lot of other hats on in Hollywood. And uh, actually on your fashion documentary thing, I've just remembered, uh, Brookie, I did McQueen. How have I not seen that before? That Uh, is a brilliant documentary about Alexander McQueen. Uh, It is extraordinary. Uh, Into the mind of a tortured genius. Uh, It it was done in 2018. Uh, What was that, Brookie?
2: Where would I find that one?
1: That was on Stan. So it is so worth doing. It is compelling. And I had no idea whose clothes everyone was so fascinated with. The, The man who was like a working class. Brit, it was—it's quite amazing. Uh, of course, I watched 60 Minutes. I'm sure you all did. I'm not going to delve into it because I know it's been covered yeah. all week about Kyle Sandilands, um, but that was compelling viewing for me. And 60 Minutes, honestly, the promo—let's uh, uh, not go there. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it would be a big slap for me. Uh, but sticking with Channel Nine, yes. I have been loving The Voice. Uh, which kicked off this week Excellent. and has been firing. Did you boys watch it? Yes. No. Yes? No. Okay. The blinds um, are my favourite
3: a... part. It's all I ever watch of the voice.
1: Today. Oh, the blinds are so good. And I don't know if it's going to maintain after the blinds. You're it right. It does. But Malk have been... I know. I've been jealous of you with, you know, your Lego and Dance had his Master Chef and I've wanted that show that I just wait for every night and I haven't had it. And I feel like it's finally here. Yeah, As you said, just for the blinds. Covered everything. There was I've cried a few times. There was Guy's brother who has mm. God, his eyes are amazing, aren't they? Talented. There was um Mullets. you know, the guy who'd had cancer, who sang to his wife, and then there was There was just so many highlights. Boy George not getting the drag queen and, you know, Mm. the bitchiness between the judges is fantastic. They've got a new weapon this time. They can block another judge. I'm surprised we didn't see
3: Scott Cam run out and do the block. (laughs)
1: Honestly. (laughs) I loved that though I loved that they're sort of fighting I have to say I love Sonia Kruger I want to be Sonia Kruger really in my next life Uh, but uh, the blind auditions have maintained Darren McMullen and Renee mm, mm, Bart they're not really showing much maybe they'll come into the floor afterwards Uh, but I have to say for me a big clap this week The Voice and if you haven't watched it yet you know, tune in on the uh, Nine Now app. It's, yeah. it's it's fun. It's really good. It Welcome delivers. back
3: the Voice indeed. And I just want a
1: big shout out,
3: because I know they listen. Um, the Voice band are phenomenal. Oh, those players are so that are great. playing all of that music live, supporting all of those singers, doing all of the things, that they are outrageous.
1: So wow. good. Well, I'm giving them a big, big clap mm. uh, for the Voice band and The Voice. They have definitely delivered... Uh, So that's what we've been watching this past week. How about you? Please, do you agree with our thoughts? Disagree? Mm. Um, I know we all, you know, are very checkered in our responses. Let us know. We are at TV underscore Binge Box on Twitter. Yes. And we would dearly love to hear from you. We really would. We'd like to engage with our listeners. Gang, we're nearly done. But uh, first, let's take a quick, quick dip. My kids are coming home and that means the dog's about to bark. Uh, Into our...
0: (coughs) Rewind.
1: Thank you, voiceover man. Brookie, What did you look at? Okay, I'm slightly
2: cheating this week, sure. Joe, because I've chosen a program that is still running mm-hmm. and actually producing some of its best material. Ooh, you I are never cheating. watched this one I'd never watched this one live. Well, I did actually once when I was out drinking at a cocktail bar in Hawaii, Having a good time, not a great time. It was December 17, 2011. And I suddenly thought to yourself, you know what? Much as I'm enjoying myself, I'm actually going to go back to my hotel room in the Sheraton to watch Live from New York, oh, Saturday Night Live. Saturday right. Night. Oh, I can so still actually remember that night because they had a Today Show, NBC Today Show, send up. Where Kristen Wiig did a hilarious yes. impersonation of Kathy Lee Gifford, being mercilessly cruel to her co-host Hoda Kotb, and look, I still watch it to this day because it's on YouTube, like yeah. so many classic sketches from this show, which started way back in 1975 mm. on NBC, and it still has the same late Saturday night time slot. And all the eras from the show are on YouTube. You can see Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase,
4: yeah.
2: Gilda Radner doing a hilarious impersonation of Barbara Walters, Baba Wubba. <laughs> One of my favourites from the 90s was Mike Myers yes. as a very Jewish talk show host of yes. Coffee Talk, yes. Linda Richman, who has a Barbara Streisand obsession. You can actually see... During the middle of a Barbara Streisand concert, Mike Myers as Linda Richmond in the middle of the crowd get up and have an exchange with Barbara. (laughs) So this show has really got itself into the American but also world culture. Some of my other favourites are Kate McKinnon doing Mm. various impersonations of Ellen. Yes. And one of my all-time favourites, Kristen Wiig again in a sketch where... I'm just going to tell you what happens. Liza Minnelli tries to turn off a lamp. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's not going to make any sense, but Uh, the joy of Google means you can go on and watch it. You can see it on uh, Comedy Central, on Foxtel Mm. for the current episodes, but they have a Twitter account, social media account, Instagram. Mm. You can catch up with some of their favourite clips from today and yesteryear. I'll just leave you with one of the most impressive things from any era any TV show, which was the Saturday Night Live episode that was the first to air after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. The opening of the show confronted the whole tragedy front and centre, it featured New York Mayor Rudolf Giuliani in front of a group of first responders who had been at ground zero. That's how they opened the show. Mm. And after Giuliani had given his speech, executive producer, the legendary Lorne Michaels, turned to the mayor and asked for permission to continue on with the program. And he said to Giuliani, can we be funny? And mm-hmm. Giuliani replied in a classic incident why start now?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so good,
1: so good. Uh, I've only I've come to love it through my daughter. She's obsessed. In fact, I think she'll head down that path uh, of, of stand-up comedy and, and all those sorts of things. And um, they still are relevant. And honestly, um, the history there is so it's rich. It's a rich isn't history. It? And you know it what? Is. Actually,
2: watching the show as recorded is not as good an experience because mm. always there's going to be a few dud clips. But when you've got more than 40 years of comedy gold and you can call up the greatest hits, if you like, at your leisure,
3: yeah. I think that's just a better way to view it. Yeah, Will Ferrell's turn on Saturday Night Live has been some of the funniest stuff I've seen. Yeah, um, I he's mean, been... I, we could have been here all night if I'd gone oh, through. yes. All the you know, Eddie Murphy, another
2: yeah. one who was brilliant.
3: So great. Conan O'Brien was a writer on Saturday Night Live for, for a time and on his podcast, Conan Needs a Friend, there's an episode where he recounts just how challenging the Saturday Night Live writer's room is and the pressure wow. that they put each other under oh, to deliver. Oh, you must have to be so good. Oh, it, it, they it, Basically on Tuesdays, I think it is, they write for 24 hours straight
1: Wow.
3: because they've got to get the scripts done so they can start yeah. shooting stuff.
1: And the celebrities they get on. Incredible. Yeah, phenomenal. Okay. Well, Brookie, uh, just quickly, what are we watching next week? I need to Ah, write this down. Yes. It's
2: group binge time. Mm. So, team, you need three solid hours to watch what I am calling.
1: Sorry, sorry. Wow. One of the. The way you said that.
2: Standout (laughs) programs of 2020. It is The Beach, it's a six part. Factual program from SBS and NITV. I'm very happy that we can feature this. Mm. And it concerns a very personal project for filmmaker Warwick Thornton, who's just finished up with Mystery Road on the ABC. It's a very personal project where he goes and confronts his demons on a beach shack in the very remote uh, part of Western Australia's Dampier Peninsula. There's amazing visuals, there's his monologues about his past regrets, there's a bit of therapy, there's a bit of cooking, it's part Bill Bear Grills, mm. Boys on Adventure, part Jamie Oliver cooking experience, part Brene Brown therapy session. Uh, so mm. that is what we're all going to be talking about okay. next week. And Dan caught up with the man himself for a chat about the past year of his life.
4: Warwick Thornton, thank you so much for joining us on TV Binge Box. We've been excited about this series since it was first announced at the SBS Upfront last year. For those who haven't read about the show yet or haven't heard about it, what can they expect?
0: It's, you know, it's a, it's a unique little beast, this one. It was, it was interesting actually trying to get, you know, to develop it and get the money for it because... Between uh, NITV and between Screen Australia, they were like, "We have no idea what you're trying to do, Mark, but uh, yeah, right. we'll, we'll go along with you." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, bear with me, bear with me. Um, you know, let me make it, and I'll tell you what it's about when I've finished it." So it's 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 a bit it's a bit out there, you know. It's kind of what is it? It's um, you know, it's one bloke, three chickens, um, in a shack on a beach, and him him trying to um, sort his life out and break the, the cycles of his, you know, bad behaviour.
4: Well, it's an incredibly personal story. How did you go about putting it all together in the edit suite? I mean, I imagine this is probably different to anything you've ever put put together in that yeah. space before.
0: Yeah, totally. You know, I had an amazing editor named Andrea, you know what I mean? It, it, the interesting thing was that, you know, you, the vanity, because I, I directed it, you know, that, that my vanity became a... a you know, in the first week of the edit, it became sort of, um, sort of important what I look like. Yeah. And the irony is that you know, the worse I looked, the better the film was. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean? So you're trying to choose all these shots where you look sort of like you know, you know what you're doing, and you look handsome, and it's like actually they're the worst shots to have in the film. The ones where I don't know what I'm doing, and the shots where I look terrible, you know what I mean? Wow. Are yeah. actually the better, uh, are the better, better sequences because the film's about falling to pieces. and It's about yeah. you know. Um, pulling yourself back together again you know so that was that was the interesting thing we had to had to relinquish and get rid of the vanity and the, the, the fear of what I look like yeah. to actually make a better film
4: which is a huge thing to do did you have any reservations about the project from the outset or were you sort of happy to just to go open book with it
0: no I was scared shitless <laughs> and I, I hated it from day one but you know after the first week of having Dylan and Nicole, there. You know what I mean? In yep. my periphery, they sort of faded away. So I just, I just, you know, it, it took about a week to, to forget that they were there, yep. and to and to move on and actually start, you know, rebuilding and and, and getting stronger. So you know, and so. It kind of massive reservations. It's like, what did I just get myself into? You're an idiot, Warwick. You know what I mean? (laughs) This camera's been thrusted in your face. You haven't had any alcohol for a week. You're falling to pieces. You've got the hot and cold flushes. You know, all that kind of wonderful, terrible, wonderful stuff. It makes great television, but, you know, not good for your your ego when you look like shit and there's a camera in
4: front of you. (laughs) Six episodes all up. They're airing back-to-back this Friday night on NITV, SBS and SBS On Demand. Uh, sort of like a big film. Is that how you uh, anticipated them playing out or are you happy to see them well, play no, out that way? originally
0: it was six episodes, you know what I mean? You know, and staggered. Yeah. But, um, you know, between uh, uh, NITV and SBS, they, when they when they seen, the, the you know, the final product, they were yeah. so excited about that. They wanted to build it into a, you know, I think they call it a ro- roadblock where both TV, you know, two stations screen yes. the same thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And um, they were very excited about it. And, um, you know, I'm a, you know, See, I, I can't binge, you know what I mean? Right. I'm one of those sort of people that, you know, by, if, I, if I watch four hours or something, by the by the last hour, I actually don't give a shit, you know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? I'm just enough. trying to survive survive the, the series, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, it, this, is, this is, you know, what is it, three hours, so it's kind of comfortable in a way.
4: Just while I've got you, a huge congratulations as well on season two of Mystery Road, just such incredible oh, television. Um, what's next for you? What's on your schedule for the rest of the year?
0: writing at the moment i've got two scripts once once finished it, it needs another draft because it's, it's it's got some massive holes in it you know right. you, can, you can drive a mack truck <laughs> and yep. i need to work on that and I'm, I'm writing another script so you know i did nine hours of television last year you know with yep. with with the beach and mystery right so it's like it's time to go back to doing some some you know total drama
4: um feature yeah. feature drama so that's what i'm, I'm sort of writing and
0: sort of, you know, developing at the moment. Hopefully by the end of the year we'll, we'll
4: shoot another movie. Fantastic. Well, we certainly can't wait to see what's around the corner. You're an absolute superstar. And, of course, <laughs> we've all got a firm date planned on the couch with The Beach at 7.30pm yeah. this Friday night on TV, SBS and SBS On Demand. Auric Thornton, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us here at TV Bingebox. Box. Right,
0: then. See you later, brother.
2: Okay, so that is The Beach. Warwick Thornton there chatting to Dan. Now, there's a number of ways you can watch this one. There's a Friday night marathon viewing session, which is going to be Mm. on NITV, but also on SBS. And then there are going to be separate episodes shown next week on NITV, or you can binge the whole lot on SBS On Demand. And of course, one of the issues we're going to be getting to next week is is it better to watch it uh, one by one or do you think that yes. tying it together in a movie-length experience is the way to go? It's a great question.
1: We will find out. Uh, that brings us to the end, lovely, gorgeous people. A huge thanks, as always, to our Binge boxes this week, Malk and Brookie. Uh, where can we find you on the socials, Malk?
3: I'm at Steve Malk on all of the important socials. People, friends, remember that when you uh, rate... Give us five stars and review the show. That not only helps people find it, but it allows me to fill the deep void in my life, which is that I need your affirmation. From, uh, for example, even just in the last, this last week, a comment from Sumod's uh, Top 10. Congrats on the 10 episodes. Really look forward to this pod dropping each week. Well done, too, on sharing some of your personal stories as it helps provide perspective on your reviews. A shout out, to to Dan and his mellifluous delivery. Wow, I didn't get through that easily. Uh, proves Aww. why Rob is such a brilliant media executive by putting together the team without his on pod presence.
1: Oh, and we do miss Dan's Mellifluous. Is that how he said it?
3: Oh, I think so. That's what I said.
1: Voice, <laughs> thank you, Sue. That's very sweet. Um, tell us, Brookie, where can we find you on the socials?
2: At Viscount Brookie. Love to have a chat.
1: Uh, all right, and, and congrats,
3: congrats I'm to you, at... Joe. Just before you dive in, congrats oh, to you on keeping this ship running. Well done. Uh,
1: I don't know if I was mellifluous, <laughs> uh, but uh, I did keep you in line. And have we come in under time? Just oh, ouch. Just um, I'm at Joe Casamento one on Twitter and Joe at JoeCasamento.com on Instagram. Thank you to everyone for listening. We do love having your company. Make sure you join us again next week. Do tweet us. We love to know what you're watching. Uh, Join us again for more TV Binge Box. Until then, we're out.